It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic and Rangers take a well-earned break after a stunning pair of European results on Thursday. Capital strugglers Hibs and Hearts play their first league game since both managers got the billet. And Aberdeen are looking to go back third as St Mirren aim to move off bottom spot. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me today, Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevens. You can file what happened on Thursday night under the heading of midweek memories of a magical nature. You can file today's football under to the heading of Mind how you go The bottom four Come together St Mirren could make life Very uncomfortable For Anne Budge And Austin McPhee If they take anything From Tynecastle Managerless Hibs Are also in a Vulnerable position Against St Johnson At McDermott Park And the GB experience Which follows this programme <laughs> Will be Particularly loud On the boom boom Music front If the mighty Ton Beat the not so mighty Jags At Fairhill Alec Take away those nice European dinner suits Bring out the donkey jackets Yeah absolutely I think we're back to domestic football You know you look at some of the importance Of the games You know Hearts Hibs go into today's game Without managers You know it's a mirror An opportunity to claim the table uh, And you know we've obviously got Patrick Thistle and, and Morton as you say Is an absolute Bobby Dazzler Good derby game A lot at stake Yeah Hugh we were in last night And there was lots of praise heaped on you from numerous callers last night Stop compared it. to a, I'm telling you, Stop it It was compared to the Scott Brown of journalism Apart, I, from, apart from the man who sang Private Dancer Allegedly You were serenaded yeah, by Billy it? from Oban <laughs> And I can't wait to the conspiracies and abuse of Central yeah. Scotland reconsume Yeah exactly, get it get it back to what we're used to But Hugh, I don't know what's happened to this city The power of football We had callers on last night saying The atmosphere in their workplace was, yes. was improved yesterday Alex Ray's come in and told us The atmosphere at his five-a-sides was better than normal yeah. All on the back of a couple of European the, results the, the, the feel good factor Was soaring And deservedly so Because what Celtic and Rangers did was Extraordinary And great for the image of Scottish football in general Heads out of the clouds tomorrow Feet on the ground Off Rangers go to Livy Celtic at home to Motherwell And they'll be brought back to earth The pair of them But however until we get to kick-off time at 3 o'clock tomorrow, let's just say, well done, Celtic and Rangers. Yes, lots of questions to be answered this afternoon. Though We've got four featured games in the Premiership. Of course, we'll be keeping an eye on the big games down the divisions as well. But let's start going around the grounds and start in the capital. Hearts against St Mirren is the big game at Tynecastle. Andrew McLean is keeping an eye on that one. Yeah, the bottom two facing off here and a big game for both these sides as they look to navigate their way out of a sticky situation. Many Hearts fans had been very vocal about Craig Lewin uh, to get the sack and it's their first home game since uh, they got their wish. So it'll be interesting to see if there is a bounce in the stand today. Austin McPhee, of course, an interim charge and listening to him after the semi-final defeat to Rangers last weekend and in his pre-match media duties yesterday, it seems as if he's really interested in the job as well, but you'd think a win here would be vital if he's to stand any chance. As for St Mirren, well bottom of the table, behind Hearts and goal difference only one win in nine and they've only scored four goals over that period. Six straight losses on the road as well. Something needs 
needs to change for the buddies and Jim Goodwin knows it and uh, there's been a lot of changes for Hearts on the pitch as well five to be exact out go Whelan, Claire, Machino, Whiten and McLean in come Dicamona, Irving, Walker, Naismith and Ick Piezu so it's a 3-5-2 for them today Joe Pereira starts in goal the back three Michael Smith, Christoph Berra and Clevy Dicamona the midfield five Aaron Hickey, Andy Irving Oli Bazanich, Jamie Walker and Eddie White with Stephen Naismith and Uchi Ick Piezu up top the substitutes is Lamal, Mulraney, Whelan, McLean, Demure, Brandon and Machino two changes for St Mirren from that 2-0 defeat to Celtic out go Flynn and Dermis in come Andrew and Mullen a 4-4-2 for them it's Vaclav Hladke in goal the back four Paul McGinn Kirk Broadfoot Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters the midfield four Kyle Magenis Stephen McGinn Sam Foley and Tony Andrew with a strike duo of Danny Mullen and John Obika the substitutes Linus McKenzie McPherson Flynn Jokiev Dermis and Marias uh, let's hear from both managers Well certainly the interim manager In the case of Austin McPhee I want to make sure that um, That the supporter We give supporters something Early on in the game That they will stay with the team You know that they, they, uh, I heard the St Mirren uh, manager saying That if they can get through the first 20 minutes You know they, they know that Tynecastle is a difficult place to play when, when a Hearts team isn't on the front foot Isn't aggressive Isn't pressing isn't creating chances, isn't having shorts and goals. So we want to do all the things to get a supporter off their seat, right? So if the supporter's been in the pub for a few pints for 12 till half two, we want them to come here and give them what they want. And we can't play slowly. We have to play fast. We have to play in St Mirren's half. We have to ask them different questions to the, to, uh, uh, in the way that we attack. Uh, Austin McPhee this week, Hugh, taking hearts away to, to St Andrews. He wanted mm. it to be a, a cup final feel, a different build-up, taking them to train at a junior ground And I know we're a bit cynical In this part of the world And people might scoff at it But at the same time He has to do something And this is his This is his chance It might be his His last chance To, to make an impact So he had to do something He's felt the need to, to mix it up a little bit I wish him well But if we take Anne Budge's words At face value Austin McPhee Doesn't get the job Because She was the lady Who said I want a man Who's very experienced And high profile yeah. With the best will In the world Austin is not highly experienced in terms of frontline club management and he's not high profile. Yeah, uh, listen, he's obviously trying something to get them out of the different environment. They're trying to take them away from the training ground. They're showing them the, the, the junior football, you know, the, the, well, they train and things. It's just to try and galvanise them in some way. Uh, he's absolutely right in terms of, you know, they have to get something going. They have to get some sort of momentum because there's an apathy about uh, what Hearts are doing at the moment. If he's thrown his, his hat in the ring He must win that At the very least today Hugh mm, You know yeah. But I take your point on board as well In terms of what Ann Budge says High profile You know What about stature and, and unfortunately Austin doesn't come under that bracket no. uh, Roger Hanna Let me bring you in on this Because we, we're going back Seven days now To when this job First became vacant um, A lot of the guys in the show You weren't the only one uh, Suggesting Stephen Robinson Was, was the, by far the, the obvious choice do you, do you still believe He's the most likely? Yeah, I think he's the most likely. Um, it doesn't surprise me that either Hearts or Hibs, who I'm watching at Perth this afternoon, are taking their time. This international break, after today's games, they've got a fortnight before they're back on league duty, Gordon. And it's common sense that they use that international break to do all the due diligence they would do on all the candidates. And it's like any other job. They will be inundated with applications, some hopeless, some hapless, but some who they will feel could take their clubs forward. And I think they'll take decisions during the international break I would say Stephen Robinson remains favourite for the Hearts job and I believe Jack Ross would remain mm. favourite for the Hibs job despite the fact that the boards are taking their time and doing their due diligence Mark Weedy, how much do you read into that line from Ann Budge that everyone's picking up on He wants, she wants the manager to be 
High profile And inexperienced But the, 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 those two words High profile Does that Does that include Stephen Robinson Does How do you think It sits after hearing From, from Ann Budge Well with the greatest Of respect to Hearts And the budget that, that Hearts will have For their new manager And it will be A good budget For Scottish football Very unlikely You get somebody High profile And high, highly experienced To come and work for Hearts that's my view on it. Depends what she means. What you talk about Europe wide, UK mm. wide, Scottish wide. Well, just so, for instance, would, would Stevie Clark have been high profile when he got the Kilmarnock job? Is it is it that type of appointment? Yeah, well, if that's what you're looking at. But I think for me, what I've taken out is the most important and significant line from Austin McPhee's media conference yesterday. And Austin McPhee, two things about Austin McPhee, and in terms of his relationship with Ann Budge, Ann Budge respects him and rates him. And that's important moving forward for Hearts. But the most important thing that he said yesterday for all Hearts supporters out there is that he feels that the club will go down a technical director, director of football, whatever you want to call it, and that should be the first appointment. And then you build a relationship there and then you go and appoint uh, your head coach from there. So I think Hearts will take their time and if they want to have this professional structure and a, a branch and route review of the club, which they are doing, then I think they will go down the road of the two roles and the first role to be filled will be the technical director and then we can take it from there Up against St Mirren today of course Hearts here's Jim Goodwin There's incentives every week you know at the end of the day um, out with Celtic and Rangers I think the rest of us all believe we're capable of beating each other you know and, and that's got to remain the case you know we've we've not had a good enough points return from, from the opening round of games and we've got to try and improve on, on, on that in the second round of games and that's starting at Tynecastle. so it's a great game for us to look forward to I've always enjoyed going there as a player you know I've not been into the the new dressing rooms and what have you. I've heard it's it's um, you know the, the place has been done up brilliantly. So I'm looking forward to going there and seeing that. I was uh, sat in the main stand watching one of the games uh, earlier on in the season. So you know they've they've done a fantastic job with the new stand, and um, it's always a great away day. You know, always a good atmosphere. Pitch is always in good condition, and um, our boys will certainly look forward to it. Uh, the capital clubs are linked not only by geography But by the fact they don't have a manager So Hibs are at St Johnson today And Roger Hannah's keeping an eye on them Yes Gordon, I'm going to give the listeners a little insight Into how this show's put together Each Monday, Alison Conroy takes time to text all the workers The travellers, myself, Mark Guidi, Dave Gallery, Fraser Wisher All the boys to tell them whether to go at the weekend And I got my text on Monday afternoon Saying, could you do St Johnson Hibs please For the show on Saturday I'm hearing Paul Heckingbottom could be under pressure <laughs> And 20 minutes later he was sacked So it's, it's not Paul Heckingbottom watch anymore It's Eddie Mee watch Caretaker manager in charge for the first time as we mentioned a couple of moments ago, Jack Ross remains favourite for this job. But John Hughes has been spoken about for a return to Easter Road. Nathan Jones and now even Harry Kuehl seems to be in the frame having thrown his name in as a possibility for the Hibs hot seat. Liam De- Leanne Dempster, speaking through the week, says recruitment has been fine at the club. Well, clearly Eddie May hasn't got that message because he's made five changes from the side that lost 5-2 to Celtic in the Betfred Cup semi-final at Hamden last Saturday, including three of the players brought in in the summer by Paul Heckingbottom. Out go James, Jackson, Horgan, Malin, all to the bench, and Josh Feller out the squad altogether. Into the starting lineup this afternoon come Naismith, Porteus, Slivka, Camberry, and Newell. So Hibs will start with Chris Maxwell in goal. It's a back four of Jason Naismith, Ryan Porteus, Paul Hanlon and is Stevenson, holders of midfield, Melker Halberg and Vikintis Slivka, and then it's Florian Camberry, Scott Allen and Joe Newell behind the striker, Christian Deutsch on the bench, Marciano, Malin, Horgan Boyle, Shaw, James and Jackson, Hibs down in 10th placed only 9 points, have lost 9 goals in their last 3 games St. Johnson, they're a point up 
above and a place above after crucial back-to-back home wins against Hearts and Hamilton. I actually saw the reverse fixture of this earlier on the season, Gordon, a 2-2 draw at Easter Road. Jason Kerr scored an equaliser for Saints in injury time, but Saints were by far the better team and, and could have won the game. And its performances and those back-to-back home wins again have thrust Tommy right into the into the frame to be the next Northern Ireland manager after Michael O'Neill took the Stoke job during the week. So Tommy, unsurprisingly, keeps the side that won those back-to-back home games. So that means it's Xander Clark in goal. It's a back four of Anthony Ralston, Wallace Duffy, Jason Kerr and Scott Tanzer. Three midfield, David Wallerspoon, Ali McCann and Murray Davidson. And up top, it's Dre Wright and Matty Kennedy on either side of Stevie May. On the bench, it's Paris, Vime and Craig, Swanson, O'Halloran, Holt and Hendry. And the referee, McDermott Park. Nice and crisp and chilly for autumn. It's Andrew Dallas. Let's hear from Eddie, mate. All games are important. Uh, they were competitive the last time. Uh, very unfortunate lose a goal probably in the last seconds of the game, uh, which would have given us two points better off. But uh, it's a big game. Like any other game in the, in the Premier League, it'll be competitive. And we have to go with an intent to go and try to score goals and attack. Any team that, I put, whether it's a development team or, again, when I was in charge for the four games, we've attacked. Uh, but you have to attack in the right manner. And uh, we want the players to be fully committed. Uh, play for play for the jersey, but also be professional and uh, exploit uh, St Johnson's weaknesses. Well, uh, Eddie May is too downbeat for me. Um, you know, he's forever telling us that uh, he doesn't want to be a manager. Uh, well, why put him in charge at all? I know someone has to do it, uh, but he's too downbeat. And with regard to the next major call that Leanne Dempster has to make the replacement for Paul Heckenbottom, she had better get this right because it's her credibility that's at stake. Hebb's made an absolute shambles of the Neil Lennon business. He did not resign. He was not sacked. He just flew away. And then they brought in Paul Heckenbottom and she didn't even give him nine months in the job. She has to get this next managerial appointment right or else. Kilmarnock against Hamilton is another one of the big games in the top flight. Mark Guidi has the team news from Rugby Park. Yes, thanks very much, Gordon. And Kilmarnock on the back of that defeat at Aberdeen looking to push on back into the top four towards it if they can. And for Hamilton Aki's Brian, ha- uh, Brian Rice, very uh, disappointed that his side didn't beat Ross County last week. But they did get a 2-2 draw and they are in eighth position in the league on 10 points. So... Not too bad for them. Uh, great to see both teams have gone with really attacking lineups, particularly Hamilton Aki's. But for the home team called Marnock, um, they go with a oh, where am I now? A four-two-one-three formation. It's Lauren Brunescu in goals at the back. It's Stephen O'Donnell, Alex Bruce, Dario Del Fabro, and Nico Hamalainen. The holding two as usual: Alan Power and Gary Dicker. And it's Mo El McCreaney in behind a front three of Dom Thomas, Eamon Brophy and Rory McKenzie. On the bench for Kelly, it's Koprovich, Hendry and Wilson, Jackson, Miller, St Clair and Buck. For Hamilton Ackies, they go with a 4-4-2 formation with two strikers and two wingers. Uh, great to see a front two happening and not often we get that now and in goals for the Aki's own Fawn Williams at the back Jamie Hamilton Sean Want Sam Stubbs and Scott McMahon uh, in midfield it's Lewis Smith Alex Godjic John Hunt and Mikael Miller and it's a front two of Steve Davis and George Oakley on the bench for Brian Rice's team at Southwood McKinnon and Fjortoft Moyo Beck Mino and Cunningham and today's match referee at Rugby Park where Kilmarnock haven't lost in the five 
times that the clubs have met here. Uh, today's match referee is Gavin Duncan. Uh, our intrepid reporter Dave Galloway was at the Dundee Derby last night. He's in the Highlands this afternoon for Ross County against Aberdeen. Give us the team news, Dave. Good afternoon, Gordon. Well, Ross County are looking to end a run of six games without a win with co-manager Stephen Ferguson saying their honeymoon period is over after returning to the top flight. But he's praising his players for attitude, application and spirit. Aberdeen manager Derek McInnes set his side a target of three wins to go into the international break in the wake of that 4-0 thrashing by Celtic. And they can do that with a victory here today. Over 1,500 Dons fans are due in Dingwall to cheer the team on. Ross County make five changes Income: Sean Kelly Callum Morris Josh Mullen Ewan Henderson and Brian Graham out drop Keith Watson Richard Foster Billy Mackay Ross Stewart and Ross Draper it's Ross Laidlaw in goals at the back Marcus Fraser Callum Morris Liam Fontaine and Sean Kelly midfield Michael Gardine Ewan Henderson Lewis Spence and Josh Mullen up top Lee Irwin and Brian Graham substitutes for County Baxter Mackay Watson, Foster, Spittle, Chammers and Stewart. A couple of changes for Aberdeen. Andy Considine and Craig Bryson replace Zach Viner and Curtis Main. It's Joe Lewis in goals. Across the back, Shea Logan, Mikey Devlin, Scott McKenna and Andy Considine. Midfield, Lewis Ferguson, Craig Bryson and Greg Lee. Up front, Ryan Hedges, Sam Cosgrove and now McGinn. The Don subs, Cherney, Main, Taylor, McLennan, Gallagher, Campbell and Anderson. And your match referee here in cold but gloriously sunny Dingwall, it's Alan Newlands. Uh, thank you very much to Dave Galloway. That's you up to speed with the team news from all around the grounds. What about this though, Hugh Keevans? Yeah. Uh, just to let the listeners give a bit of a, the background to, to how the show's put together. And you as well, because with your Nokia, you will be unaware of this. Oh. But there is such a thing as a Super Scoreboard Saturday WhatsApp group. Oh. Right now it allows the guys to communicate freely It allows them to to send pictures of, of the ground And let the engineers know that they're there And they're ready for the technology to be arranged and so on So you're going through it this afternoon And Andrew McLean sends a nice picture of Tynecastle And says he's ready Roger Hanna's ready at McDermott Park Then up pops a message from Fraser Wishart With a picture oh. of the Sydney Harbour Bridge oh. no less Who is listening on the other side of the world Champagne socialist honestly. Struggling Struggling yeah. This makes me sick Anyway uh, We always get the guys Around the grounds involved In looking back on this week's Biggest stories after the break That's exactly what we're going to do I think you know where that'll be Two massive results in Europe on Thursday We'll reflect on it all next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds Four featured matches in the Premiership this afternoon Hearts against St Mirren, Kilmarnock, Hamilton, Ross County, Aberdeen And St Johnston, Hibs Those are our featured matches Hugh But this is Glasgow in the West How could we possibly uh, move on Without touching base with the, the Partick Thistle Morton game Massive mm. in this part of the world Well, uh, Partick Thistle bottom of the league uh, It hasn't gone the way that many of us thought Myself included Following the appointment of Ian McCall Early days But He needs a result today He's firefighting I think until January When he can try and Rejig the squad Some he will try to get rid of Others he'll try to bring in Clearly what he has at present Is not mm. up to the task Yeah Scott Fox and goals for Partick Thistle James Penrice Tam Aware Ben Hall comes back in Sean McGinty Stuart Bannigan Kenny Miller Reese Cole Cammy Palmer Dario Zanatta 
and Osman uh, Kakai playing for Partick Thistle. Uh, just checking to see if we've got a Morton team. I don't think we do uh, just yet. But anyway, massive game at the Energy Check Stadium. We'll keep you up to speed on that one as well. But at this time on a Saturday, we always get all the guys involved. We look back on the week's biggest stories. And Mark Guidi, I think there's only one place to start. You were here on Wednesday night. We were building up to Celtic's trip to Rome, Rangers hosting Porto. And it couldn't have gone much better, could it? No, it was outstanding. I watched the games on the telly back to back. I said on Wednesday night, uh, Gordon, I didn't fancy Celtic to get a win. I thought they'd make a fist of it. I did fancy um, Rangers, but uh, for Celtic to get through after just four games, but not only that, to get through in that manner in terms of, the, I thought they thoroughly deserved their, their victory. They controlled large parts of the game. Fraser Foster pulled off two brilliant saves. They had to weather a storm, 15, 20, 25 minutes to go. And then to show that energy and determination to win the game, um, the, the way they did was just uh, first class. And uh, that's one thing about Neil Lennon. As I've always said, that the, the, the one thing that I didn't like about Brendan Rodgers' team was I didn't think they defended vigorously enough. It was almost as if there was a kind of an acceptance that well, if we lose a goal in Europe, we lose a goal. Whereas Neil Lennon's teams and the Martin O'Neill teams that he played in, it was you defend with your life. You make sure the guy that you're marking does not score. And I don't think there's enough resilience with Rodgers. But with Neil Lennon saying that he, he's got the full package in Europe and, uh, and credit to them. And then for Rangers to go and bounce on, from that brilliant goal again from Morelos not a great performance the first half but they showed spirit and determination to put that behind them and stay patient and then go go and kick on and I think Rangers will get the result they need uh, in final at the end of the month uh, to go and progress and, and again without chasing any of the star players away or chasing either of the two managers away it doesn't do their stock any harm and it certainly doesn't do the, the balance sheet in terms of uh, the, the figures that will now be mentioned for some of the players any harm as well one word covers Celtic and Rangers and what took place in midweek backbone when Brendan Rodgers' sides went abroad they didn't go with that mindset of let's go and take on Serie A where it lives Celtic did on Thursday night and got their reward when Stephen Gerrard became Rangers manager you apply all the usual terms rookie Inexperienced All of that But he has shown One thing from the off He knows this European football And Rangers have been Terrific in European terms Under Steven Gerrard So He's playing A former Champions League winner Let's go and Take them on And he did And won And that's what unites Celtic and Rangers And that's why the feel good factor Is so high in our city The international team that we have Is uninspiring We've also had a season that contained a defeat for Kilmarnock against a part-time team from Wales. Celtic and Rangers went out and gave us back self-esteem. Yeah, I totally agree here. I think uh, I was saying to the guys beforehand that, you know, the importance of the back-to-back wins, the feel-good factor, the co-efficiency, and we're ever so close to getting that second spot as well, you know, to try and get into the Champions League uh, qualifying stages, which would be great. And and then the, the kind of... Aftermath of that as well Where one of the teams Would have less qualifiers You know the winning team Is there mm. but You know your point there About Steven Gerrard About European football Hugh I take it even further You know he's actually Managed to take a step This season They've got to a final They're match uh, Celtic points wise Domestically So on all fronts Steven Gerrard's actually flying So he can take a lot of credit And, and you're right Because he's only 18 months Into yeah. this kind of Managerial luck uh, And he's done it ever so well Roger Hanna How would you sum up What we witnessed On Thursday night 
Well, Thursday night was a great night for Scottish football. Yesterday was a great day for Scottish newspapers. Mark Guidi and Hugh Keevens will tell you nothing makes papers fly off the shelves like old firm victories in Europe, Gordon. <laughs> um, absolutely terrific. Now, when the draw was made, people would rightfully say, oh, Porto's going to be difficult. Lazio's going to be difficult. The old firm have taken 10 points out of 12 against the seeded teams in the section. It's absolutely terrific performances. We inevitably... We look at the Morelos's and the Edwards and we look at the Davises and the Forrests and people like that. I think the two managers and the mindsets of the two managers have been crucial because in the build-up to those games through the week, you heard Steven Gerrard say, listen, I saw Porto over there a couple of weeks ago and frankly, we've seen the best of Porto. I didn't think they were up to much. We can beat them at Ibrox. And he gets that into the minds of the players and after a stodgy first 30, 40, 50 minutes, they deservedly won the game. And Neil Lennon was saying the same to Celtic. I think Christopher Azier spoke after the, the Hibs game last weekend, saying, Lazio, oh no, no, we're not going to go there to try and get a point. We're, we're going to go there to try and win the game and, and get through the section after four games. And it's that sort of bullishness, that, it's refreshing confidence and belief in Scottish clubs that they can go and take on Italian teams in Italy, Portuguese teams in Portugal. It was Villarreal last season, among others, in Spain. And I think the managers and the way the managers approach these games has been crucial. Uh, that's looking at the big picture. Let's divide it up a bit and look at both games individually, starting with the Celtic match. They obviously beat Lazio in Glasgow, went over to Italy and did the same. They're now through with two games to spare. These were the thoughts of Neil Lennon. It's um, a privilege for me to you know, coach these players. A privilege for me to work with my backroom staff who... You know, do an unbelievable job behind the scenes. We are in a good place at the minute. It's job done as far as qualifying for, you know, the new year is concerned. We have a lot of work to do domestically, but um, it's it's a, an amazing night for the team and the club. You know, to beat Barcelona, you know, is a great achievement by that team and a great night for the club. But this is almost on a par to come here and play a team who were in, in great form. You know, packed full of international stars. You know, we had a feeling, we had a bit of belief about us, you know, going into the game. Our form has been good. But um, just the the fluidity and the, the bravery of the team. Mark Greedy, the thing about this is it's not just a... It's not just a good result It's not as if it's a one-off Celtic are now through To the next stage of the Europa League With two games to spare Even the biggest optimist in Glasgow Would not have predicted that When the draw was made Gordon, absolutely not It's usually, you know Kind of last day drama And you're, you're getting into the last game Kind of hoping that something will happen But that's Celtic in the last 32 Couple of years in a row And it's now What, what, what the next challenge is And this is not to take away From what happened on Thursday night The next challenge has got to be Can we get in the last 16? And like I've said now For for a while now the January window becomes important but you know what not only to, for Celtic to try and do nine in their own and, and retain the league title but to go and actually go and have a wee kick at it in Europe who's to say they can't reach the last eight to get a couple of quality players in to, to go and add to it who's to say Rangers can't do it it would be great to see them both fighting on both fronts and as I say I think Rangers will, will join them and a credit to them too and we just hope that as much as they want to, to, to add to their squads a few quid in the coffers let's hope that they can resist any bids for players that the two managers want to keep Yeah I think there's an obligation there Mark for Celtic I'll deal with them in a different way to Rangers because Rangers have spent eight years in a, ba- a bad place for them and now they're back now they've got Steven Gerrard now the future is full of optimism but 
Celtic have dominated in this country without enhancing their European reputation. And that applied to the Brendan Rodgers time as much as anybody else. They've got money. There should be an obligation to re-establish themselves on a European front. Neil Lennon has started to do that very well. It is for him to carry that job on now and to say to Peter Lawwell and to Dermot Desmond, we can do it. You have to back me Would we take the whole show To Gdansk If Rangers and Celtic Met in the final Well It's a lovely part of the world we'd as have well. to wouldn't we Neil, Neil Lennon's already on record <laughs> As saying If that happens It's a one off game Played behind closed doors um, What about the, the performance Roger Hanna um, Celtic If you took the first 7-8 Maybe even A bit more than that The first 10 minutes It looked like it was going to be An extremely long night But they found their feet Got themselves well back into it And then a wonderfully composed finish From Olivier and Cham at the end yeah, it was, it was a terrific performance. It was everything that the Celtic fans who travelled in their thousands over to Rome would have wished it to be. You're going to have setbacks in European games. Of course you are. And it was an early setback when Lazio scored. But it's how you respond to those setbacks. And that's why I think you know Neil Lennon sets the tone. Um, there's not any more going to be an acceptance that, oh, well, it's a difficult Serie A team, you know, and, and, and they've scored. So that's the game over. No, Celtic want to get a foothold in that. They, they try and move back into the game. They got a terrific finish by James Forrest. Not many in charm finish at the end. I thought Forrest's emphatic finish was absolutely terrific across the goalkeeper. And then at the end, when they maybe could have been excused for settling for a point, and a decent point it would have been, no, they push on, they get the win. And it, for me, it was a reserved victory. And then, of course, that was just game one of two. Rangers yeah. followed up later on. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard and what he had to say. I thought Porto paid us a a big compliment in terms of how they set up in their formation and the personnel that they picked but I think it caused us some problems in the first 20-30 minutes I thought they had a lot of quick movement and the system that they played caused us a few problems and rattled us a bit but I think once we come to terms with that after probably about 30 minutes I thought we grew into the game and um, finished the game in a, in a fantastic place second half performance was very strong and um, we've beat a good team tonight and we've beat them comfortable I think right up there with the best. You know, I'm sure people will try and find out, find problems with Porto and the reason why they're, they're not what they was and blah, blah, blah. But they're a good team. They've got good players. I think my players deserve a lot of credit. Over the two games, we've dominated the three halves. And even the first half for 20, 25 minutes, we found it difficult to keep the ball and to work Porto out. But once we did... Again, we dominated this opposition, so fantastic performance from the players uh, over both games. The minimum we deserve is four points out of six, minimum. And it puts us in a good place in, in the group, but still a lot of work to do. Two tough games to go. It puts us in a good place, says Stephen Gerrard. Roger Hanna, how good a place? How do you rate Rangers' chances of progressing? Well, they've got a couple of chances now. Win in Rotterdam against Dick Advocates, Feyenoord, and they're through. But even... Matching Porto's result against Young Boys, I think, is going to be enough yep. to take them through in match day five. And feeling that, there's always match day six against Young Boys at Ibrox. And it's an Ibrox that's turned into a bit of a fortress for Rangers in his European games. 13 home matches under Steven Gerrard in Europe and still undefeated. So I think I agree with Mark Guidi. I think Rangers have a great chance of getting through. Um, I agree with what Chris Boyd said in his column in the Sun this morning that Neil Lennon will be hoping Rangers get through as well. So domestically, Celtic aren't at any sort of physical disadvantage of having to play more games. And the, the two teams, if, if the two teams could get through and maybe even push on for a round or two into the new year, it would be a great bonus for Scottish football. And just while we're getting carried away and looking at the final 
final in Gdansk and casting our sights even further afield Roger the coefficient we've made it a whole 10 minutes into this discussion without mentioning it mm. uh, but overall the picture is looking very good in terms of us edging towards that second Champions League spot a fifth European spot overall uh, later entry to qualification routes and so on it's amazing that everybody in Scottish football, all the media, all the supporters, all the stakeholders, we're not all now experts in this European <laughs> coefficient, Gordon. You have to and be. how many teams could get into the Champions League and the Europa League and the Europa Conference League that's coming up? Uh, I think it would be season 21, 22. Yeah. If we can edge into the top 15, I think Cyprus are blocking our path at the minute and there are still some separate teams in the Europa League as well. If we could get into the top 15, I think it would mean two teams in the Champions League qualifiers from that 21-22 season, one team in the Europa League and two in the new Europa Conference League. Sounds good to me, Hugh Keevans. Yeah, and uh, just for the sake of clarity, Celtic and Rangers cannot be drawn against each other in the round of 32, but they can be drawn against each other <laughs> in the last 16. Drawing. At that point, I think you'll now find... Now we're definitely getting carried away. At that point, I think you'll find I'm going to the post office to pick up my pension that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Mark Guidi, time will tell, and ultimately Stephen Gerrard will, will truly be judged as a Rangers manager what he does domestically. Can he win a trophy? He's got a chance in the League Cup final. Can he stop Celtic winning nine in a row? And all the rest of it. You know the drill by now. But that European success since he came, you're only going back, you know, what is it, a year and a half to to progress Niederkorn, Pedro in the bush and all the rest of it. Yeah. Look at the difference now in Europe. Yeah, I mean, he's made his mark in Europe. He's improved the club. He's brought in good players. He's brought in the right mentality behind the scenes, as Alec will tell you from playing the Legends games a couple of weeks ago, the improvements have made just inside Ibrox as well, to the facilities behind the scenes at the Hummel Training Centre, etc. All that's missing, all that's missing is a trophy. But that is the hardest part, to get over the line, but they've got a great opportunity on December the 8th, Sunday afternoon, uh, what is that, four weeks tomorrow at three o'clock, and I think it's one that Rangers need to win, for the, the belief to become a reality. They need to go and show that they can stop Celtic, they need to go and stop Celtic from winning 10 uh, major honours in this country in a row forget about the league six months on but they need to do it if Rangers don't win the cup on, on, on December the 8th I think it would be a hell of a setback for them uh, but if they do it puts doubts into the mind of Celtic and it also increases the belief uh, at Rangers I mean Alex Ray you were there the other night yeah I was uh, I, I totally agree with Stephen Gerrard's assessment I thought the first 30 minutes they really struggled to keep hold of the ball and you have to give Porto credit you know they were really vibrant they were buzzing about They'll get in their faces and their interplay was absolutely brilliant at times and you're thinking but for all that Gordon I can only remember Kamara having uh, one opportunity off the line uh, Alan McGregor didn't have much to do but I thought in the second half they became more braver the midfielders started to dictate the ball and then when you kind of get the ball in the box you have to say the finish by Morelos was absolutely unbelievable was right behind it Gordon he just kind of lashes it into the far corner his profile was starting to go up and up all the while 21 goals but that I think the importance and where Rangers have come in the last 18 months under Stephen Gerrard is absolutely remarkable and Matt's absolutely right because you're gauged by trophies mm. and I think in four weeks time it's a perfect opportunity for them Okay let's leave that one there now as you well know Hugh Keevans uh, both Edinburgh clubs are looking for a manager there have been some big names linked with the positions and I can tell you that one of the big names linked is at one of the games today find out who next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. 
Four big Premiership matches for you this afternoon Hearts against St Mirren, Kilmarnock, Hamilton, Ross County, Aberdeen And St Johnston Hibbs of course tomorrow sees Livingston welcome Rangers And Motherwell travel to Celtic The subplot to today's action is of course the managerial vacancies at Hibbs and Hearts So St Johnston against Hibbs Hibbs are looking for a manager, Roger Hanna And I believe one of the names mentioned has made his way to McDermott Park this afternoon Yes, Harry Kuehl, a former Liverpool teammate of Steven Gerrard, wants to follow him into management in the Scottish Premiership. He has applied for the job as Hibernian manager. He is here today in Perth to watch Hibernian. Uh, his last managerial job, I think, was with Notts County. He had previously been with Crawley. Prior to that, he had worked in the academy at Watford. So he is having, um, uh, he's making his first steps really into management and coaching. He very much fancies this Hibs job, and and he's doing his due diligence. We spoke about Leanne Dempster doing her due diligence earlier on the show. This is Harry Kuehl up to have a look firsthand at Hibs, at the players, at you know what he would like to work with for the rest of the season. Yeah. I don't blame the man for doing that If you don't uh, forward your own case Who's going to do it for you So uh, Harry Kuehl is in the right place At the right time However Does that expression apply to him In connection with the Hibs job I'm not sure the Hibs supporters Would be uh, dancing in the streets of Leith uh, At the appointment of Harry Kuehl And I think it's the harder of the two jobs The Hibs job and the Hearts job I think the Hibs job is harder because they don't have a squad as good as the squad that Hearts have. The, the, the Hearts players have been letting themselves down, but I believe overall they've got a better mm. squad. I think it's a tough job for anyone. I'm not entirely convinced that Harry Tule has done anything since giving up playing to suggest he's the right man for the job. The fact that you were once a teammate of Steven Gerrard is neither here nor there. Andrew McLean, have you got your head on the swivel at Tynecastle? Any any famous faces that we should know about? Any high-profile and experienced managers lurking around? I've had a wee look around to see if I can find anyone. The the only person that, that might want to put their, their hat into the ring is, is Neil McCann, who's not sat uh, too far away from me at the moment. He obviously has links to the club here, has uh, had that spell at, at Dundee as well. But of course, the, the one that is uh, pretty obvious is Austin McPhee, the man who will be in the dugout for this one. And I mentioned it earlier on, that he'd, he touched on it after the, the semi-final defeat to Rangers and again in his pre-match media duties yesterday he actually went out of his way to talk about the three previous games that he'd taken charge of before the semi-final and interim charge to say that he'd he'd won those matches and talked about having a, a successful interim spell in charge but I think a few eyebrows were raised in that semi-final game with the starting lineup. Stephen McLean starting it, it, it looks like a much stronger lineup today and I do just wonder uh, Craig Levine watching this one wherever he will be watching it from uh, in this new role that he's got I wonder how frustrated he'll be looking at it in the likes of Stephen Naismith the likes of Jamie Walker back fit back in the starting lineup that he maybe didn't get an extra couple of weeks to get those players in and, and see what he could do I mean, Hugh Evans, when you look at that home record, though, we, you know the stats by now, they rhyme off the tongue. It's, it's no home league win for Hearts since the 30th of March. Since then, Hibs, Rangers twice, Kilmarnock twice, Ross County, Hamilton, Motherwell have all gone there and came away with something. So if you're Jim Goodwin, whether it's Austin McPhee or not, you're, you're going to believe that you can at least get something there today. Well, in the last five games, at least St Mirren have won one of them. Uh, Hearts haven't managed to do that. Uh, so... To go back to Andrew's point about Craig Levine, I don't think he's entitled to regrets or recriminations. He just didn't do the job well enough. And even Anne Budge, who was his number one ally, 
Even Anne Budge reached a point where she said, I can't defend him any longer. I'll have to let him go. And, you know, six weeks earlier, she had prepared a statement of over 1,000 words in length back in Craig Lewin. Six weeks later, she thought, nah. I think the fact that Neesmith and... Um Walker coming back into the, the frame today I think that's a massive boost for them Because it gives them option going forward They've looked really tepid I, I keep going on about Ike you not scoring goals So you need guys in and around about him Who can mm. score And they too come into the, the reckoning there Well I mean these teams are the two lowest scorers yeah. in the league And Absolutely. that's obviously why they're the bottom two as well But you know those two aren't always um, Doesn't always marry up But yeah both sides have had real, real trouble, trouble scoring If you look at St Mirren who go yeah. to Tynecastle, I think they've only got two goals on the, on the road in the league this season it's, I think that's been their Achilles heel gone You know they've, they've got numerous strikers Abika, you know, they've got Mullen uh, So they've got guys who have actually been in about the place for a while But they haven't really done anything Defensively they're relatively sound uh, we, we were just saying about earlier on about we could predict this as a nil nil. But for me, there'll be goals in this today. But you've got guys like Stephen Naismith, you've got guys like uh, Walker come back if they're up to speed. I think they can cause an impact today. Yeah, um, I know what you're saying. Hart's big problem today is that St. Mern don't concede a lot. Um, and you know that they, they conceded two last week. I know that. Um, but generally speaking, they, they don't concede. Um, and I don't see Piazzo as a prolific goal scorer. Nays- Naismith's been out for a long, long time. Um, I'm struggling to see where Hearts' goals are going to come from today. I've just told you, Beats. Walker and Naismith. Well, time will tell. tell. Um, uh, at least, Craig, you know, what will be will be this afternoon. But now we go into the, yeah. the, the two week hiatus because of the international games. It, Anne Bunch has to get it right thereafter. Whatever happens today, if they lose, then the Hearts supporters will be deeply unhappy and will make their feelings known. She then has to have the sporting director in place and the manager in place by the time Hearts come back to play league football. Otherwise, it will look like dithering and a lack of clear direction. I think she's put herself under pressure by her statement because she can't just go and pick a manager over the next two weeks. If this high-profile experienced manager doesn't arise, then it looks to me like she's going to have the confidence in Austin McPhee to remain in the role until such times as she finds this high profile experienced manager which I think is going to be extremely difficult to come by Okay, let's keep going around the grounds then Rugby Park is the venue for Kilmarnock against Hamilton Mark Weedy and in a strange way Mark the the head to head earlier in the season is a good indicator of just how far Kilmarnock have come because you know Hamilton Aki's won 2-0 earlier in the season I think they played about 40 odd minutes with 10 men and that was at the point where Kilmarnock were just off the back of that European disappointment real questions over the team over Angelo Alessio and if you look at the run of form in the turnaround since then, you know it's, just, it's, it's been some contrast. Yeah, he has. You know, I think that the players have kind of bought into him more. He's kind of listened to the players and, and, and you know heard their points of view in terms of what worked for them last season and try to you know keep some of those things in place. So there, there's been it's now a marriage that, that they've got that they've got going, and uh, there will be bumps in the road in the last two games uh, that they've lost Motherwell and and Aberdeen. But when you look at them, um, they're in fifth place, uh, Gordon, 17 points amassed, and they've managed to achieve that in 12 games, having scored only 10 goals. Now, apart from uh, St Mirren, they're the joint second uh, low scorers in the league, yet they're comfortably in the top six. So if they can address that in January as well and, and bring some support into Brophy, I think they've got good guys in, in the wide areas, but it's just kind of taking more of the chances they, they create. Uh, but they're certainly in a good place considering we said earlier in the programme what happened to them in the summer uh, against Conrad's Key um, you know there's certainly been some improvement and having watched Hamilton Aki's last week 
Um, they're a more than decent team. That's what Tuffle suit them fine, obviously, uh, today. But I do fancy Kilmarnock maybe just to nick it 1-0. What a difference it'll make, Mark, having the, the back four settled again. Alex Bruce, Dario Del Fabro coming back in because that, that's really affected Kilmarnock in the last couple of weeks. As good as Gary Dicker is at what he does in front of the back four, when, when he was moved back there, there were similarities the, the game against Aberdeen The ball right over his head And, and he, he, you know, he couldn't quite sort out his feet And Curtis Main dives in A couple of days before it It was similar One right over his head For Devante Cole So he looks much more comfortable In a, in a defensive midfield role Yeah yes You're not You're losing two key Or you're weakening two key areas of your team A you're right Him being at centre half Because he's not centre half And B You're, you're breaking up that solid partnership and the, the, the holding roles in midfield which, which allows opposition to, to get at you more so really considering the, the, the injuries that they had as you said it's no surprise that they probably lost in both games and going down to 10 men against Motherwell when, when Alex Bruce uh, was sent off uh, too but a solid at home two good fullbacks um, O'Donnell and, and Hamalainen they've gone with to- Don uh, Thomas uh, today instead of Chris Burt they've got Rory McKenzie playing they've got Brophy shifting about the 18 yard box so I think Hamilton I've got a lot to offer today, but they do face a resilient Hamilton Aki's team. And as I said at the top of the programme, Brian Rice certainly going for it. You know, Lewis Spence, terrific goal last week for, for Aki's against Ross County. One of the finest young players in Scottish football at the moment. Um, and, you know, you've got him, Lewis Smith, that is in the team. So you've got him going too. Mikael Miller, I think, always causes problems. And the front two, two big lads with plenty about them, Steve Davis and George Oakley. Ross County against Aberdeen is our final visit. Uh, Dave Galloway, how would you sum up where Aberdeen are at at the moment? Because there was so much criticism following that heavy defeat to Celtic, which is understandable. But if you take a slightly bigger view on it, in the last five, they've won three, they've drawn one, and they've, they've lost that game against Celtic. If they win today, they go into third place, which, with all due respect to Aberdeen, can they really finish higher than third place? You would have to say no with the way Celtic and Rangers are at the moment. So... Where are they at in terms of, of how how much they're satisfying the fan base? Well, realistically, Gordon, I, I would personally say that um, Aberdeen are are where they should be. Um, it's always going to be very, very difficult indeed to put in a sustained challenge to Rangers and Celtic with the financial might that they have. And you know, a lot of the fans that I've spoken to, the Aberdeen fans, to be to be fair, um, they are they are along the the same lines. There is an element, of course, the the Twitterati uh, that like. To to make a lot of noise, but uh, anonymous keyboard warriors—they they seem to think that you know Aberdeen should be challenging for the league title, and uh, Derek McInnes isn't the right man. But um, you know, to be Aberdeen manager, but I would say, you know, <laughs> be very very careful uh, what you wish for. Um, they have looked a lot more like themselves in the last two games. More fight, playing some good football. They've scored four goals, kept a couple of clean sheets too. And like you say, with Motherwell uh, not in action until they tackle Celtic tomorrow, victory would see the Dons climb to uh, third place. Uh, I mentioned earlier, a big travelling support will be uh, backing the Dons today and they'll be demanding another three points. But, um, you know, I, I think Aberdeen are, are where they should be at the moment. Now let's hear from Derek McInnes then. What I've seen at Ross County, I certainly think the top line, um, they carry a threat. Um, I think they've been brave enough to, to, to stay with the kind of team and system that, that served them so well last season. You know, a team that, won the championship, probably weren't favourites to go up, looking at one or two other teams in the league. Uh, they won the Challenge Cup, so they've been used to winning and used to get a bit of momentum, but I quite I like the way that they've been brave enough uh, this season, more often than not, although they've deviated it 
think once or twice they've normally went with some sort of semblance of four four two, and and they've got good attacking players on the pitch. Um, so we need to be aware of that. Uh, Hugh Keevans, the other game that we've not been uh, given a final nod to is Partick Thistle against Morton in the Championship. I was yeah. looking up the sort of you know the head to heads and and so on as we always do, uh, which reminds me, it's pretty much a year ago that these sides met at Firhill. Uh-huh. Do you remember what happened that day? Tell me. The ghost goal Remember it The worst refereeing oh, decision yes. Of last season And possibly any yeah. other season When Chris Doolan's shot Pretty much hit the back of the net uh, And it wasn't, it wasn't given In between the referee and the linesman They didn't see it Absolutely right So well, I'm sure uh, the, the neutral observers won't mind But those involved Will be hoping for a less Controversial and dramatic afternoon Well Ian McCall's had enough frights recently Without needing any ghosts Goals or otherwise um, Partick Thistle need the the boost, the psychological boost of a win today. The fans are looking for it. However, uh, David Hopkins and Motherwell, Ed Morton, uh, they will come intent on winning the match. They'll do a Celtic and Rangers. They're not there thinking, oh, it's Patrick Thistle at Firhill, better be careful. Morton will be going to take all mm. three points and Ian McCall will need to be careful. Yeah, I mean... For the last few weeks now As soon as the open line Has opened at 5 o'clock It's been Partick Thistle fans Have been the ones You know Desperate to get on And and voice their displeasure You can understand why They've now lost Three in a row It's four out of five In the league Um, And and the nature of it as well The 4-1 defeat at air Last time out So that's really Is set up to be a huge game This afternoon Absolutely It's alarming Gordon And if they don't start Getting the home form sorted out Then they'll get cast adrift You look at the points tally They're on eight points Morton are on 13 Five ahead of, ahead of Thistle Hugh If they win today Eight points It's uh, it become you're, you're saying get to January yeah. They may well be Done and dusted by then So they, they really need to Get a big result today Thistle That's you all set up then We've got the team news All around the grounds The pre-match talking is done And the kickoffs are coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Full time, uh, Ross County 1, Aberdeen 3. Great start by County taking a fifth minute lead from the penalty spot after Ferguson was adjudged to have handled Gardine's cross. Mullen sending Lewis the wrong way. It was all square, however, after 10 minutes. The Dons won a free kick 20 yards out and upstep Nam again to superbly curl the ball into the net with his uh, right foot. Seven minutes after the restart, Aberdeen went 2 1 up. Hedges free kick from wide on the right hand side, evading everyone to find the nets at the far post the home side certainly stepped things up and started to threaten and Stewart netted after Henderson's free kick but was flagged up for offside 70 minutes in Don's defender Considine scored a spectacular goal latching onto a loose ball from the edge of the box to make it uh, 3-1 to the visitors a real collector's item from him then Ferguson went so close to making it 4-1 with a 30-yarder that hit the post then Laidlaw had to do very well looking lively to Parry McGinn's well struck uh, curled free kick from outside the box behind for a corner kick in the end uh, a comfortable and very deserved victory for Aberdeen who take the acclaim of their uh, huge travelling support as I speak final score Ross County 1 Aberdeen 3 my Clyde 1 super scoreboard man of the match Andy Constantine solid in defence and he scored a cracking goal from the edge of the box as well Uh, Full time at Tynecastle Hearts against St Mirren Watched by Andrew McLean
Hearts 5, St Mirren 2, the full-time score here at Tynecastle. And it's a big three points for the home side in a lively match in the capital. The first time they've scored five goals in a league match since a 5-1 win over Inverness in 2016. Well, Stephen Naismith made an immediate impact in his first start since August. Andy Irving's low corner found him at the front post and he guided it well into the net just six minutes in. St Mirren then drew level with 20 minutes on the clock. The ball played high into the box. Tony Andrew headed it down into the path of John Obika and he slid in and sent it high into the net past Joel Pereira. It wasn't level for long though. Hearts took the lead again. Nine minutes later, a throw in on the left hand side was flicked on by Stephen Naismith into the box towards Uche Ekpiezu. He went for goal, but it looked as if the last touch came off of Sean McLaughlin, so that one will go down as an own goal, but the ball went over the line and that was 2 1. Poor defending from the home side, then saw St Mirren equalise a long ball by Vlaclav Kladke, bounced past the Hearts defence and allowed Danny Mullen through one on one and he rolled it into the bottom corner for 2 all but there was time for another goal before the break Hearts then went ahead for the third time Michael Smith's cross from the right found Oli Bozanic at the back post and he got up high to head into the ground and pass the goalkeeper for 3-2 Hearts have been a real danger down that right hand side all game and they kept that going after half time Michael Smith crossing again this time Jamie Walker headed it into the back of the net on his return from injury Jake Mulraney then rounded things off he came off the bench and made it 5 a wonderful curling effort on his right foot from the edge of the box into the top corner the Jambles now 3 points clear of Jim Goodwin's men who are rooted to the bottom of the table the full time score from Tynecastle Hearts 5 St Mirren 2 and it's also full time oh sorry you're fighting your full flow of your man of the match super scoreboard man of the match certainly not any defenders in this one a tough one to choose a good team performance from Hearts going forward but I'll pick Stephen Naismith worked tirelessly and got the goal that set Hearts going today lovely let's go to McDermott Park where it's also finished Roger Hanna St Johnston 1 Hibernian 4 what a day for the managerless Edinburgh clubs Eddie May's first game in temporary charge with would-be manager Harry Kuehl looking on from a McDermott Park stand saw Hibs turn in a terrific performance her first league win since the opening day of the season her first hat-trick in Scottish football for Christian Deutsch and a terrific all-round performance which could have seen them score even more goals over ahead inside two minutes the outstanding Florian Camperi progressing down the left ball into the six-yard box Christian Deutsch initial effort pushed out by Saints goalkeeper Xander Clark, but Deutsch kept his composure to poke home the rebound. It could have been two after seven minutes. Joe Newell turning onto his left foot inside the box, a curling shot past Clark, but back off the far post. A sweeping Hibs move after 12 minutes saw Jason Naismith up from right back and firing a left foot shot just gnarly over the bar from 18 yards. But the second goal was delayed only until the 17th minute. Again, Camberry and Deutsch linking up. This time, Camberry down the right hand side guiding the ball and then a cute finish at the near post by Dodge guiding the ball across Clark and inside the far post he could have had his hat-trick in 28 minutes this time across from Naismith on the right Dodge sliding in but just an inch away from connecting in front of an open goal since tried to turn the game around at the break off went Dre right on came Callum Henry but disaster three minutes into the second half Matty Kennedy giving the ball away in midfield to Scott Allen he just scampered away from Saints skipper Jason Kerr and steered a left foot shot across Clark and into the net 57 minutes a great save by Clark at his near post to deny can bury a goal that his performance really deserved but just moments later it was 4-0 Naismith delivering from the right and a booming header from 6 yards for Deutsch for 4-0 Vikintas Slivka he slashed a shot inches wide from 20 yards with 4 minutes to go it could have been 5 and then an ill-deserved consolation for St Johnson right at the death substitute Michael O'Halloran playing the ball in Stephen May clipping it past Chris Maxwell and into the far corner of the net for 4-1 a terrific one a terrific performance perhaps it lifts them to 8th place in the Premiership still ahead of Hearts I'm a super scoreboard man in a match whisper it with Hugh Keevans is about Christian Deutsch
It was the only choice It was the only choice this afternoon It's also finished at Rugby Park Kilmarnock and Hamilton Here's Mark Guidi Full time Kilmarnock 2 Hamilton Ackies 2 And a thrilling 90 minutes Of entertainment and controversy Here at Rugby Park The visitors were in control And they were two goals up After 25 minutes opened the scoring Two minutes, two seconds On the clock A brilliant drive from Mikael Miller, 22 yards, left foot gave uh, Brunescu absolutely no chance in the Killy goal. They then doubled their advantage in the 25th minute. Again, a beautiful strike. Steve Davis, the veteran striker from the edge of the box, 19 yards, left foot, sweet as you like, drilled at home uh, to give again Brunescu looking helpless. But the game totally changed in the 29th minute. Referee Gavin Duncan, after consulting uh, through the uh, technology, his fourth official Greg Aitken decided to send off stats. Sam Stubbs for a professional foul claim that Eamon Brophy was the last man Stubbs put a tackle and Brophy went down 35 yards out it was but the referee decided a straight red was sufficient and off he went and from that reason the game changed and in stoppage time in the first half an absolute howler from goalkeeper Owain Fawn Williams in the Aki's goal it was a routine shot from El McCreaney, he really should have dealt with it, but he fumbled it and the ball ended up in the net, and that totally changed the game. After the interval, Kilmarnock came out with a spring in their step, and Hamilton were camped in on their 18-yard box for the next 45 minutes. Stephen O'Donnell came close with a shot, Brophy forced Fawn Williams into a couple of good saves, there was balls fizzing across the goal, but Kilmarnock just could not find a way beyond the net. Rory McKenzie all uh, came close to on a couple of occasions. But Hamilton Ackies held out to get a hand-earned point, but they may well have feel that they should have had three. And I'm no doubt be interested to hear Brian Rice's comments on that red card for Sam Stubbs. So, I share the spoils, maybe just about right. And the super scoreboard man of the match, Kilmarnock striker, Eamon Brophy. Full time at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock 2 Hamilton Ackies 2 And now it's over to you Let's hear from you It's your chance to have your say On 01419511025 A big day Full of big talking points Hearts and Hibs fans Is that it? Is that you back? Was all you needed to do Get rid of Craig Levine And Paul Heckenbottom You're scoring for fun You're picking up points Let us know what you made of it Does that move Austin McPhee Closer to, to getting the job Or is he very much Just in temporary charge And Hibs fans Harry Kuehl Watching on from the stands today Is that one that would excite you Kilmarnock and Hamilton uh, All square in that one And what about tomorrow then You Celtic and Rangers fans I'm not sure you've come down Off the ceiling yet After Thursday night Will there be some sort of Hangover tomorrow Or will you continue On winning ways Motherwell fans Livingston fans Can you cause a shock 0141 951 1025 The floor is yours Let's hear from you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and it's your chance to have your say. Lots of football taking place over the afternoon, over the last couple of days and still more to come tomorrow. So let's hear from you. What is on your mind? Did your team play today? If so, what did you make of it? Are you happy? Are you not happy? Did the referee annoy you? Do you not have a manager at the moment? Yes, I'm looking at you Hearts and Hibs fans. Who do you want to take over? That's you seemingly back to winning ways, some convincing wins. And of course in this part of the world, you're all very excited about Rangers and Celtics victories in Europe. How will they impact Tomorrow Because it's back to league business It's Livingston away for Rangers And it's Celtic at home 
uh, Motherwell at home I should say For Celtic So let's hear from you right now This is the perfect time To get your calls in And let us know what you're thinking 01419511025 Let's do the full time scores From today in the Premiership It was Hearts 5 St Mirren 2 Kilmarnock 2 Hamilton 2 Ross County 1 Aberdeen 3 And St Johnston 1 Hibs 4 In the Championship Alloa 2 Dunfermline 1 Arbro 3 Inverness 0 Partick Thistle 2 Morton 1 And Queen of the South 3 Air United 1 In Scottish League 1 Clyde 1 Peterhead 2 Dumbarton 2 East 5 4 Falkirk 1 Airdrie 2 Montrose 3 4 for 0 And Wraith Rovers 3 Stranraer 1 In Scottish League 2 Albion Rovers 2 Stenhouse Muir 1 And an Athletic 1 Cowden Beath 0 Cove Rangers 1 Stirling Albion 0 Edinburgh City 1 Elgin City 1 Queen's Park 5 Brecon City 2 And finally the English Premier League Chelsea 2 Crystal Palace 0 Burnley 3 West Ham 0 Newcastle 2 Bournemouth 1 Southampton 1 Everton 2 And Tottenham 1 Sheffield United 1 Hugh Keevans The phone lines are open What will be on the minds Of the footballing public This afternoon Celtic and Rangers Are better than Every other team In the division By the length Of Sucky Hall Street So long as Celtic and Rangers Turn up In the right frame of mind That's what they have to do Tomorrow The romance The emotion The sheer Ecstasy Of what went on On Thursday night Has to be Put in a box And put out of the way It's a league day And I think the Celtic and Rangers supporters Would like to hear from them about Who would play Who would not play for them If you're a Hearts fan Or a Hibs fan Have your players Been cheating you And cheating their employers Because Where has all this come from? Nine goals Between the two of them Hat-trick for Christian Doidge Who could not Have hit a bam door his first league goal was today His second league goal was today His third league goal was today Where's he been? From August to November 0141 Let's hear from you right now Whether your team was involved today Or whether they're not involved until tomorrow Get your calls in Let us know what is on your mind 0141 If you would rather tweet Then you can do so At Clyde SSB Alex Ray Craig BT What stood out for you today? Partick Thistle result is massive Gordon Because it looked as if they were going to get tailed off Having it down to um, 10 men I think the Hibs And uh, Hearts winning convincingly uh, Where did Samirin go for here Gordon Bottom of the league Was it a sending off? The Hamilton Sam Stubbs You know obviously changed the result <coughs> in favour uh, Of Kamal getting that point So you know Aberdeen up to third now So so much to discuss yeah, I think I think it's been a, a great show today. Twenty goals and a red card, plenty to discuss, plenty of action. Um, and you know, I thought Tommy Wright was going to get his third consecutive win there. He was under pressure for a long, long time because he hadn't won any games. It looked like it could have been three wins in a bounce today, but not to be. So I wonder if Tommy will now bow out with the, the Northern Ireland job in the horizon. That's the thing. So many different questions to be answered uh, away from the pitch. Will Hearts appoint a new manager? Will it be Stephen Robinson? Um, will Stephen Robinson be on the shortlist for Northern Ireland Will Tommy Wright go to Northern Ireland Who will be the Hibs manager Hearts need a sporting director as well So uh, lots of questions that we might or might not get answered Over the international break And uh, two great games to look forward to tomorrow as well Alex Yeah without a doubt I think uh, you've obviously got Livingston Rangers Celtic Motherwell I, I would firmly suspect that Celtic will go on And win comfortable there You know they're, they're free flowing Plenty of goals Particularly at home 60,000 uh, and if Rangers, as as you says, puts the old battle fever 
uh, head on I think they could win Comfortably at Livingston Due to the fact that Livingston are really Poor performing And they do raise their game Gordon That's the actual thing You know you look at Livingston And think oh the, One of the big two Coming to our pitch I actually like the way They go about their business At Livingston You know they're, they're very dogged They get wired in uh, Rangers have to match them tomorrow if we're going to get a result. Yeah. I seen a headline today about Stephen Gerrard asking uh, the referee for a bit of protection for his players tomorrow. So that whether the, the the head injury. The, the, I thought the, it was naughty the last time. It was about it was it nineteen or twenty stitches on a rebo. Uh, ten internal, ten external stitches yeah, on a rebo, and not even a yellow card. I wasn't. Even, was that a foul at the time? Uh, do, 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 no, I don't think he got a foul. No. 0141-951-1025 The great thing about the phone-in on a Saturday Is yes, we can look ahead to tomorrow's games on Sunday But if you're just out of game You've just sat there yes. in the freezing cold Watching your team win, lose or draw You'll be wanting to get something off your chest And this is the perfect place to do it Craig and Johnson's a Kilmarnock fan First up, what did you make of it today? Craig held at home to Hamilton Ackies Um. I mean, that, what you just said says it all. Held at home at Hamilton Ackies. I mean, for a side that finished up last season, we we should be doing a lot better than that. Um, like you said they're sitting in the freezing cold. I'm absolutely shivering in the car there. Um, watching the first half, I think. I think it was about two minutes in. The boy number 11 just pinged a ball for 35 yards and it's, it's found its way to the back of the net. I think we were all sitting there with our jaws hitting the floor. I mean, um uh, what can you do with that? I mean, you hit a ball 35 yards, the keeper's not even had a shot at him yet. It, it's going to go in. So, I mean, that, that's what happened. Ball it in, one ball down. Then, aye, him, aye. Um, and then two, we go 2 0 down again, another shot. Brunescu, our keeper, I think he should be doing better there. It looks like, again, he was asleep, not expecting a shot. And we're 2 0 down, but then they get the boys sent off, um, which I think definitely a red card, definitely straight red. Um, we go 2-1, half-time, we're in there, we're saying, right, we're going to go out there, we're going to win 3-2, 4-2, and whatnot. Um, then we get a goal, but we're, we're pressing and pressing and pressing them. But the one thing I will say is Hamilton's time-wasting is absolutely shocking. Darren McKinnon get booked for it, their keeper, on Fon Williams, he get booked for it in the end as well. I think it's an absolutely shocking way to play. In, in the first half, there was only two minutes added time, in the second half, only three minutes added time. But I think if Sunday went back and watched the game, seen it. Time they actually wasted. It would be a lot more. Mm. It's interesting. Craig, Craig, it's interesting. I always get kind of, but makes me laugh when I get supporters coming on talking about time wasting. No, I'm absolutely certain that Commander over time have actually time wasted at times as well. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when we had another caller on, <clears> and it is managing a game. It's up to the referee if it's blatant. To move the game on or book someone early doors to try and kind of curtail it. So it's in everybody's. Interest They do it all the time And uh, you know Unfortunately you've come on the back eight today Craig what about the, the defence then Because we were all standing before the show And saying well Kilmarnock will be Back to the, the, the Kilmarnock that we're used to They don't concede many Because Alex Bruce is back And, and Del Fabro's back You've now not got guys out of position um, You end up conceding two goals to Hamilton Was that something that surprised you? I think um, Obviously I was talking about the goal I mean that's Over Defence could do much with that. Um, I don't think. I think guys picked up with their ball, which which handed to the boy Milan. He's just in the second goal. I've got to put it down to Brunescu. He's not done well enough. Tell you what, Craig, the line is really yeah. ropey. It's, it's breaking up. I, I can hear it just about, but I, I've not I got screaming bit... kids in the car or, or whatever. Is <laughs> something that the listeners might well, do. Um, Craig basically saying here that. He's not sure what more Kelly could have done about the goals they they conceded. Maybe just a couple of errors here and there. Um, 
And, and then clearly as he says Expectation levels have been raised at Kilmarnock that, that, they, they finished third last season And after an initial wobble They've done very well this season So as dogged as the Ackies can be If you draw at home against 10 man Ackies It's understandable that fans like Craig would be a bit disappointed Yeah but they also have to Temper that with uh, realism They're fifth They're comfortably fifth If uh, Kilmarnock finish top six It's a good season yes. Uh, and you know if Hamilton Aki's time wasted Alex absolutely correct there'll be a Saturday when Kilmarnock will time waste like nobody's business because it suits them Uh, so that's just not a factor for me at least they have come back from the two goals down yeah they were playing 10 men for two thirds of the game and you're hoping to actually get all three points but at least they've done the job they've come back from two down got two two they're comfortably fifth You'll have Saturdays like that. Yeah, so, that's only t- is it not to. only time wasting when you're losing though? If you're winning, it's managing the game. Hundred percent. It's funny and, how and it's the exact same thing, but it gets a, a different name. And I think, I, I think as a nation and, and as kids, we need to do more. And I, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I remember watching the boys' football. My, my boys under 14s um, academy football, and they were winning two one a few weeks ago. And the centre half runs over to take a free kick. Now he's on the way over, and I. I tend to say next to nothing when I'm at the side of the park and I actually I won't say the kid's name but I shouted on him and I said walk over take your time you're winning 2-1 last minute in the game other parents up the other side may have been thinking he's telling him to time waste but what I was actually I was trying to give him the knowledge to manage the game and I think they need taught it at a young age now I don't think there's anything wrong with it when it becomes the point where you're, you're kind of breaching the rules the referee will take action you'll get a yellow card you can do it once I think we need to do more of it as a nation because when we come up against it at European and international level, the foreigners are absolutely brilliant at it. Uh, aside from that, though, Alex, because I, I, don't, I don't think there's a big deal here. I don't think there's a big time-wasting no. scandal to be to be uncovered over the piece. Um, come, that, that's obviously goes down as a, a result which will please. Brian Rice in the end in in the end up but you go through all the different emotions during the game because he was 2 up. yeah when you consider that uh, Aki's home form has been pretty decent Gordon I actually think Brian Rice will be disappointed you're leading 2-0 you know you're in a very good position and you lose a player after 30 minutes or so so I think you'll be disappointed but after playing for an hour with 10 men you're nicking a point away from home I actually think they're taking over nicely Aki's but seeking back to a couple of weeks ago Jim Goodwin was moaning about Hamilton away from home. That's what it was. So that's twice Aggies have done it. It must be the worst in the league. Hugh. You're keeping an account on these <laughs> things. Like I say, the great thing about Saturday afternoon is you get an instant reaction. Instant reaction to what yes. happened today. Ian's a Partick Thistle fan. You must be happy today, Ian. I know you weren't last week. No, what a difference seven days makes. Um, the way the guys, the 10 men who were left on the park after the sending off, when I go up, Lost a goal a minute or two later, but then rallied up and fought and went 2 1 up and won. I said, Point of that kind of determination, commitment, uh, last Saturday and two other games previously, we wouldn't have been in the position we're in just now. Ian, this must but be an emotional, to... Ian, it must be an emotional rollercoaster. I've been a Thistle fan. Every week you come on, mate, you're like, I'm never again, I've had enough, and, <laughs> and this week you're gone, I can't wait to get him see the missus. <laughs> That's a, the trials and tribulations of been a Thistle fan, I'm afraid. Ah, brilliant. But, uh, Fair play to the guys today The 10 men fought and fought And deserved Honestly deserved three points And I can only praise them I can't praise them highly enough The guys who are left on the park today Yeah I mean Hugh It's a result which keeps Partick Thistle bottom at the moment So therefore obviously You don't get too carried away But what that does Is it outlines how 
much worse it could have been If, if yeah. you lose that game You almost become a bit detached At yeah, the start of November They're now within two points of Morton And Aloha So very much in the mix yeah, Of course uh, Aloha part-time team uh, Very good result for Peter Grant today Beating Dunfermline 2-1 At home And that made the Thistle win All the more important uh, And I think what we're experiencing here With the first two callers Is Some Saturdays It goes for you Other Saturdays You just fall beneath the standard That the fans expect of you That I'm afraid Is just football I mean Ian Guys like like Shea Gordon Who get the goals this afternoon They're his 6th and 7th goals of the season Do you feel like there is 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 there a nucleus there That can be worked with Or do you still feel like Ian McCall has to Do a bit of wheeling and dealing Come January I think he needs to bring in At least 4 players uh, Gordon came on as a substitute Scored his first kick of the ball He got the second goal as well um, Kenny Miller Ran his heart out for 80 odd minutes For a guy his age He could actually put some of the young men to shame Ian, Ian, in relation to the red card Did you have any issues? Was it a red in your opinion? Definitely Oh well, I'll be that then. I think Ian McCall's by his own admission, had last week after the game down at air, had said that his whole squad has got till January. Um, so that so so he's literally got a squad of players on trial right now, um, and and I'm sure that he will do everything in his power to make changes he if said, they're yeah, not in a better position. He said last week as well, beats are very much in a relegation dogfight, and he's absolutely yeah, he's right. And it's that, that kind of character that's actually going to drag them out of it with ten men. Yeah. And he, he is also a manager that you know he doesn't care about egos or reputations or what you've done in the past. If you're not pulling your weight, he will cut you. So he's one of them ruthless managers. He's very very old school dinosaur here, um, and he will cut you if you're not pulling your weight. Stop me being a dinosaur. Um, I noticed um, that was a second red card of the season for Stuart Bannigan. By the way, um, it's a bit of a strange schedule now, Ian, because you, you play Stenhouse Muir in the Challenge Cup. You then play Pennycook Athletic in the. Scottish Cup So you actually have to wait A couple of weeks Before your league action Resumes against Alloa at home And that one Like today Absolutely massive By the time it comes around That's it That's uh, probably The defining moment Of the season To come in, to, to go A goal up And lose a goal When you're down to 10 men Have the guts to come back And win 2-1 I think that can be A turning point for us well, that has to be the hope, Hugh. If you're if you're well, of a Partick Thistle persuasion, like Ian or like Ian McCall, not just Partick Thistle persuasion. The heavy in the family's been on to say this could be the start of the season for Hibs today. He he has seen the future. It's Christian Deutsch, and he believes, and Ian believes in Partick Thistle's case that this is the turning point. Now they have to go and prove it. Uh, let's start hearing from some of today's managers. Brian Rice first up, then a two-all draw. What a roller coaster it was, though. Yeah. Two up, down to ten men, pegged back, finished two-all. Here's what the Aki's boss had to say. First forty-five minutes, perfect away performance. Come down here, two running up, looking okay, and the game changed. I know you don't want to talk about refs, but the red card was half. But it looked half. Did it? Yeah. You write the stories, not me. It's I can't no answer. I'm not talking about referees. I ain't talking about referees, you know that. When referee makes a decision going with the game, that's what I'll say, you know. I'm telling my players not to get involved with referees on the pitch or get involved, so I can't tell them not to get involved and me get involved, so no. Listen, it may have been harsh, I don't know. I don't know, but the referee makes a decision and we just abide by the rules and we go on with the game. He did, he did seem to consult though with the, the fourth official on it, Brian. Seemed to take a good bit of advice from having these here. You talking about the signal for the full game? The, 
the sending off. All oh, right. Okay. Aye. I agree with you. Your daddy can sort of be fourth official. They've got my decision and we need to bite bit and that's what we've done. Have we not been here before? <laughs> I, 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 I feel like Brian Rice doesn't like it when the referee and the fourth official communicates. And I, by the way, I, I've not seen it yet. Yeah. I'm not involved at that level. But I just always thought that was a good thing. I feel like communication is I, always I, I a think good you've, thing. I think you've caught a manager in a tetchy mood after a game that he knows was well within their grasp. Yeah. And his players been sent off when they were two nothing up yeah. and cruising and he is beside himself. And that's why I've, I've sat there for decades in press conferences where they come in in that frame of mind. There's no talking to them. They should have a cooling off period I thought he sounded alright Sure, sure no, Listen, you. I know that you've thrived in that environment <laughs> You're rubbing your hands and now thinking I've got him, he's lost the plot <laughs> Get him in here now I, I, think know the, I know the two voices that were speaking to him there And yes. they're, they're not the two you want to be <laughs> I think if the shoe's on the other foot with. If the shoe's on the other foot and, and there's a decision gone Or a decision to be made uh, that, that would be an advantage to Hamilton and the referee hadn't then consulted his fourth official I think Brian would be standing there saying well he's got a fourth official there why don't yeah. we use him for clarity that's why the officials are there oh listen by the way because without us having seen it if he feels yes. that the fourth official has sort of given it and, and isn't in as good a position then of course that, that's valid but I just mean as a as a general rule of thumb if these guys are there you, you have to use them We've not seen this one So you know, listen, we'll, We will report it's back obviously Craig from Kilmarnock Says it was a Stonewall it's, it's obviously very disappointed It's either The howler of the week yeah. For Alec and me On Monday night We'll find out on Monday Or somebody else Is getting it 01419511025 More of today's managers Are making their way Into my inbox And we'll look ahead To tomorrow's action next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Craig BT, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here They are waiting to take your calls On what was an incredible day Of football Particularly in the Scottish Premiership If you missed the scores earlier on Remember Hearts Hadn't won at home since March They scored 5 And beat St Mirren by 5-2 to two. Hibs have been in a terrible run Sacking Paul Heckingbottom They go to St Johnston Score 4 Christian Dodge gets a hat-trick And win by 4 goals to 1 Aberdeen won 3-1 up at Ross County 2-0 uh, between Kilmarnock and Hamilton With a sending off It was just one of those days Hugh It was brilliant Christian Dodge gets a hat-trick With the first league goals He has scored for Hibs mm. So he'd been there August, September, October And mm. now in November He's remembered where he is Could be the case That he may well Just hit the ground running now Hugh You know Go on a little run Uh, It depends who they got In his manager Because he obviously Has to fancy him But if it's Harry uh, Kuehl today He'll be delighted about himself So 01419511025 On the phones It's at Clyde SSB On Twitter Uh, What about you Celtic Rangers Motherwell Livingston fans We're going to start Previewing tomorrow's games uh, in a bit of detail So this is a great time For you to call And let us know How you think it'll go Will there be any Europa League hangover uh, Should either side Drop and change Who do you see coming in Who deserves a rest Who must play And I suppose From a, a Motherwell perspective Can you cause a bit of a shock You almost did it at Ibrox Can you go one better At Celtic Park Before the break We heard from Brian Rice he Sounded a bit irked to, to say the least That chucking yes. away A two goal lead uh, Let's get the view From a Hamilton Aki's fan on the line Ben is from Hamilton What did you make of it today Ben? Hi guys, how you doing? Good, thanks Ben Yeah, not bad uh, I'm just on the way back from the Kelly game And I think Brian Rice is absolutely right To be up to, to throw away two goal leads I mean, even when they send it off I don't think that was the changing point We still looked solid after that um, 
came on, it never had a kick in the first half, and then it was a it was a mistake. It was a really horrible mistake from the keeper that gave him a goal, and it was that goal just before half time that really really changed the game. Uh, what about the sending off, Ben? I know these things sometimes come down to what team you support. Craig, the Kilmarnock fan, was on earlier. He said it was definitely a red card. Have you got any defence for Sam Stubbs? I don't think so, no. I mean, both him and Brophy were challenging for the ball. Um, it was definitely a last man. He was going through one-on-one in goal. Um, I don't think I can really disagree with him, to be honest. The ref was at first going to book him and Brophy for diving. But uh, as you guys have said, he, he spoke to the fourth official and he then changed it to Sam Stubbs well, there we go, Hugh. It's not always about yeah, being no. biased to your team. Ben is holding his hands up. He says he thinks it possibly what or probably was a sending off and for ben, Sam Stubbs. Ben is also highlighting the other side of the coin. It's not just about the sending off being the pivotal moment. They're fine after that, according to our eyewitness Ben. And then the goalkeeper makes a bad Howler. mistake at the worst possible time. And again, that's football. That happens. Yeah, it certainly does. Thank you very much to Ben giving us an eyewitness account from the Aki's side of things. Uh, I like that. I it's don't mind it when I. It? It's nice. Get, yes, he Come back right. and do it anytime you Absolutely, ben. Just, ben. just to pick up on, on what he said there with the going through and goal. Um, so you're you're assuming that he's 35 yards of the goal. So, how is the referee not in a better position than the fourth official? So, having mm. listened to, to Ben's take it on. It depends the, if it's on the side of the, the official, maybe. I, I think I would. Potentially be a, be a, a bit irked at that as well Although I've already said If you come to the right decision If you can collaborate You can get it right yeah, Fair well, enough But why is the referee then Not in a better position to, to see that call But again If you almost answered Your own question perhaps it, it, We don't know But if, if the fourth official If the referee says I've got no idea what's happened And says to the fourth official Right you decide That's different But if it's just a a coming to get you but, know, Using him to, to sort of Firm up his own opinion but, on it What's wrong with that Ben had said initially That he thought The ref was going to book Brophy for diving right, okay, so, and, and then Is that your understanding of it Ben That it was very much The fourth official That, that sort of gave it Rather than just Communicated his thoughts I mean, I mean As far as I can see here Because he runs over And immediately points to him And Brophy And goes to take a yellow card out And then stops He's surrounded by players As they always are He's looking over at the fourth official Obviously he's speaking to him When he's here and then he walks away from Brophy, points to Sam Stubbs and gives him a red card. Uh, I mean, Sam Stubbs fudged off without, you know, without um, challenging it at all, so I think he could see now. But uh, it was definitely the fourth official thing that changed his mind. Great stuff. Thank you very much to Ben, a Hamilton Aki's fan from Hamilton. Uh, funnily enough, let's speak to Paul and start previewing tomorrow's games. Paul, uh, I'd imagine you're still uh, feeling pretty good about yourselves about Thursday night. Uh, hi Gordon, hi you, hi Craig, oh, hi Alec hi, hi, uh, Yeah, Thursday night uh, Just brilliant, brilliant Brilliant for Scottish football With uh, uh, Rangers winning as well uh, Aye, proudest punch You know, I never felt Even when we went 1-0 When we went 1-0 down I don't know, Neil Lennon is just I just feel more constant than hanging in And biding our time And when we play our own game, uh, I thought it was, I thought they were absolutely tremendous. And the, the the thing is, Paul, you'll need to put it in a wee compartment and come out fighting tomorrow against Motherwell because the league title, I would imagine for you, is more important than the Europa League. Yes, actually, I think that goes without saying. But I'm glad the game's at uh, Celtic Park because I think it makes a massive difference to us. Uh, Looking forward to it, I think we need to utilise the squad, but it's, it's going to be a difficult game, Motherwell are playing really well, but 
no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad it's at uh, Celtic Park. Edward, start or not for you? You know, Hugh, I'm I'm seeing a different side to Edward. Uh, I would always I would always start him. I would always have him in the team, but I, I'm seeing more of a side to him when I, I think it's not going his way. As in, he's not scoring. He's he's more of a, turning into more of a provider as well. Over the last couple of weeks, he's set up uh, some brilliant goals. He's strong as an ox. Uh, I think it's doing him well. Well, I don't think it's doing us well because it, it might mean his time shorter here, but being included in the, the France squad as well. Uh, and I, I think he's just getting better and stronger and, and adding more to his game all the time. What, yeah. what have you made of him, Craig, recently? I, th- I think he's been absolutely sensational. Um, at times, the, the guy is unplayable. Um, He's got all the attributes in the world, you know, that he's got the pace, he's got the height, he's got the strength, you know, he's throwing people about one minute and then he's, he's very elegantly taking the ball in and setting setting players up the next. I think his movement's very good as well um, for for a young player and that creates a lot of space for, like, say, Ellen Yusei Forrest and, and Christy around about him and I think he's been pivotal in, in how Christie's performed this year as well. Paul, there's probably not a real option there. I mean, Lee Griffiths is potentially going to be involved, I think was the word. Uh, used so you'd you would be amazed if he started the game. So I don't think it would be a great surprise if Edward does. What about elsewhere? Is is there is there any scope for, for Neil Lennon to freshen up a little bit, or would you expect it just to be by and large the same? Uh, no, I think he could freshen up. I mean, I think that he could freshen up. He could keep Johnny Hayes in. Uh, I think we've got a, we've got a really we've got a brilliant squad now. You know. Uh, I think Frimpong could come in. We're only really lacking a bit in, in strikers. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Lee Griffiths. I, I'll be amazed if Lee Griffiths, I, I mean, I hope he does, but I'll be amazed if Lee Griffiths gets back to anywhere near like he was. Well, he's uh, mainly be involved tomorrow. We will wait and see. Just something on El Hamed. I believe he's yeah. taken to his Instagram account, Hugh. It's, ah, it's the modern way. Yes. Wouldn't have this in your day as a way of sourcing a story. Um, basically saying that he had bad news this morning, but will be back soon. So whether that's you know the sort of result well, of a of a scan or, or something. Listen, Frimpong might have played tomorrow anyway. Possibly uh, yeah. would have, but but longer term for Celtic, they'll be hoping that's not too serious. Well, they'll be hoping El Hamed would be fit for the cup final on the eighth of December. Um, but there are fullbacks and good fullbacks all over the place at Celtic right now, so that's not a major concern. But he, I would imagine, would like to be back for the cup final on the 8th. Yeah, listen, it, it may well be. And, and right back is an area that, that Celtic really don't even have to be concerned about just now. Um, and I'm going to continue to bang the Frimpong drum. Uh, I've absolutely loved what I've seen from him so far. I love his enthusiasm. I love the way he attacks and he just wants to put teams in the back foot. And, you know, I've said it before, as, as long as the kid's fit and I would put him in, I would go with him because he looks like he could be a top player. Just go with him. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a big issue for Celtic it's Like the guys have said I think uh, the bigger issue would be If it was more important player Because they have so much cover there If it was uh, Edward Then it would most certainly be an issue for yeah. Celtic And but it's good to see Lee Griffiths Starting to make some sort of headway Back into the squad as well Also Elamid El- might only have been playing Due to the fact that Frimpong's actually ineligible in- in- to play in Europe Or he could have been in the whole time Yeah um, Paul what about Motherwell And the challenge that they, they might bring do-, do you see them causing any problems tomorrow? Do you look at what they did at Ibrox and think it's a possibility? Or is it going to be a, a straightforward afternoon for you? 
Well, I, I think uh, I've not saw that much of Motherwell. Uh, obviously, I pay attention a bit more than the Flynn Rangers, but mm. uh, I think if we play anywhere near our best, I think we should we should win comfortably. Big help is Celtic Park. I think the the size of the park. Uh, I, I think if we if we play near our best or as best as we can, I, I don't. I'm not too worried. I, I I wish there was a resident sports psychologist here because. You know, after, that is, that's what beats Disney spare time. <laughs> after the amazing high of the Stadio Olimpico on Thursday night, they're, they're in a, a fantastic arena tomorrow at Celtic Park. I just wonder how emotionally drained they are. Can they just go on fire again because of the crowd lifting them and so on and so forth? They've already scored five goals against Motherwell at Fir Park this season. I think Therefore, that's the job of Neil the, Lennon and the, his, his coaching staff. Sure, I think they've got a, a responsibility, and there's an element of that they have to then protect the players from the hysteria that's going around Glasgow at the mm. minute. They have to, you know, they make sure they're in training. I'm sure Neil would have been crab at his ending this morning if the if the training wasn't to the standard that he likes. Yeah, um, he's maybe even he's maybe even been crab at just to to set the standard that listen Thursday night's absolutely gone and we're back to league business on Sunday. But I think that's the role of Neil and his coaching staff. But Bates, you, you talk about in terms of Hugh's asking about the emotional aspect there. Celtic scored a late winner against Lazio a couple of weeks ago, you know, buzzing. So, so what's the emotional upshot to all that? They got up to Aberdeen absolutely terrorising yeah, the first uh, half. So yeah. you know if they go about their business, Paul's absolutely right. They go about their business the right manner they should uh, should steamroll Motherwell. Uh, that's a decent preview for tomorrow's game between Celtic and Motherwell. Thank you to Paul on the line what about the other game then Livingston against Rangers these are the thoughts of Steven Gerrard and sometimes our style we have to adapt it from game to game because as I say the, the, the games are so different the contrast is so different um, you know going away to Livingston with all due respect is different to going away to Porto or going away to Ross County or Hart so we have to be ready for whatever's coming our way and um, we all know if the game pans out pretty similar to the one I think it was it three weeks ago um, it's going to be a, a physical challenge um, you know we had to have our physio on for three injuries in the first 20 minutes so we've got a good idea what's coming our way and we have to be ready for that challenge <laughs> Oh brilliant yeah, yeah it's um, brilliant yeah. Listen I alluded to earlier on very very clever he's um Listen, he's put pressure on, he's, on the referee straight away. Um, you know, this was this morning I read it, so he's possibly done the press with, with it yesterday. So two days prior to the match, he's already dropped a line in there. He's put unconscious pressure on the referee. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that transpires tomorrow. But at the same time, Hugh, Gary Holt and Livingston are well within the rights to try and, and go about the game whatever way they want. The refs there, you know, if a line gets crossed, that's when you get you get yellow cards, you get sent off, you get free kicks, you get penalties. There's, we're going to constantly have this battle in this country because Celtic and Rangers are in a different galaxy financially yeah. Yeah. to Livingston, and if they just sit off them and let them come and do their thing, it will it would be a cricket score every time. And let me let me be quite clear though, that's not me saying you condone any over the top challenges, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's up to the ref to then manage that. The first thing that Gary Holt will do will be to say to his players, never mind what Stephen Gerrard says, just get out there and play your game, and there would be no different. To any other Saturday or Sunday Or Wednesday And they'll just go out and approach it in that manner His problem is That the recent form A win over Celtic apart Has been very, very poor yeah, I, I don't think money or status has got anything to do with that To be perfectly honest We, we stood here last night Hugh, And we watched the Dundee Derby And, and I, I winced after two minutes With the, the late tackle after yeah. you know, and So that's 
there's not huge amount of money involved in, in both of their clubs they're not as big as Rangers or Celtic but you know the, the, the principle's still the same somebody's went out Set the tone. left one on no, early doors come on how, how many football games have you watched in your life when an underdog plays a big team it's, it's, it's one of the ways they try and get themselves into the game of course they do I, I don't necessarily think it's the way of the underdog I just think that's the competitiveness of football and you know there was no major underdog last night Dundee United away to Dundee no, I know that but you, you just plucked an example of another game which was physical I, I'm coming at it from, from the other side and that if Hibs if uh, Livingston want to get into a passing contest with Celtic or Rangers they will obviously lose the game and that's why they have to find other ways of going about it uh-huh. yeah well, that's fair enough like, no, the other way is and by the way I've done both because the thing is you always come up against somebody who's superior to you and you also have to try and mix it you have to try and get in their head you have to play the mind games you have to do a wee bit of sledging um, Before we develop an image of Livingston As some marauding gang uh, Remember the last time when they played Celtic It was Celtic who lost their discipline And Ryan Christie who was sent off for And a two very lovely goals from Livingston yeah, as well Yeah, and for a very but bad that's, two, that's my point If that was Livingston on a Celtic player Then that would have been highlighted a lot more than it was just a bad tackle from Christie. It's not like him, and we yeah. move on. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think we did move on. The guy was deleting his Twitter account, and we were speaking about it for days. Anyway, let's take a breather. It's 0141951025. We're going to start hearing from more of today's managers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It was a glutton of goals today, Hugh Keevans. Yeah. It was brilliant stuff. We had goals everywhere, uh, none more so than at Tyne Castle, where Hearts, who haven't won there since March, managed to win 5 2 against St. Mirren. Austin McPhee. Not shy, I don't think, in, in at least suggesting that he would like a, a crack at the job or to still be involved. Here's what he had to say at full time. My record as the interim manager is, is four wins out of five. Obviously, we, we lost last week to, to Rangers in the, in the semi-final. You know, I, I've been asked to do this just now as the interim manager and I'm just focused on doing that. I think that uh, the result today allows everybody to breathe and get the order of doing things right. I think that the, the club are just now looking at the football department as a whole. Uh, as Anne's spoken about, there's an intention of, of hiring, you know, obviously a, a sporting director and a new head coach. And, uh, you know, Anne will be assessing my competencies for whatever, if any, role at the club. Today, I thought that what was most important was allow the the performance and the result made people not panic that you know I could do this. Uh, so and I think that the the players um, the players carried out the, the game plan today. And I mean I, I, I I've spoken to Michael um, and I will be joining him uh, with the with the national team. And you know Michael's a fantastic coach and uh, you know he he's obviously now doing two very important jobs uh, I continue to work with them at Northern Ireland and I'm enjoying my time at Hearts and, and I'm enjoying my, my time in this interim role Yeah, Michael O'Neill will take the Northern Ireland games in this international break even though he's now gone to yes. Stoke very interesting there from Austin McPhee because he clearly believes he's a man that he is the man yes. and uh, good luck to him because if you don't blow your own trumpet then no one else will blow it for you. However, I go back to the point I made hours ago in the programme. It was Anne Budge, the owner, who said, high profile and experienced. Now, he, Austin McPhee, has used the expression, it gives us time to breathe. 
perhaps in his mind he's thinking, well, yeah, she did say high profile and experienced, but what I am doing here, I think, entitles me to a chance at the job. And maybe when she has a chance to breathe, Anne Budge may be coming round to the same idea. I don't know. That's up to Anne Budge. But that clearly, in that very interesting short segment, is the sound of a man who believes that Mm. he could do the job and, to his way of thinking, should get the job. You asked earlier on this hour, Hugh Keevans, have the Hearts players been cheating their fans because they've been terrible? Then Craig Levine goes and they put in a performance like that. Is the problem here, though, that you're comparing apples and oranges because you're comparing a Hearts team that did not have Stephen Naismith and Jamie Walker with one that does have Stephen Naismith and Jamie Walker? Uh-huh. Um, obviously, that helps. Uh, but it was only last weekend that Michael Smith said of his teammates that they lacked bottle uh, when Rangers took them apart in the cup. Uh, I just think that this was a high-pressure game for Hearts today because had they lost anything, then the crowd would have been on them, Austin McPhee would have been under pressure, and Budge would be under pressure. And in that highly pressurised environment, they come up with five goals. For me, Hugh, one of the factors also, you obviously mentioned uh, Walker and Naismith there, but obviously it's a Mirren bottom of the table. So you come up against a team who are bottom of the table and then St Johnson, who I haven't been on great form. So I think mo- that is most certainly a factor also. <clears throat> what, by the way, what a positive for Steve Clark as well. Stephen Naismith's played 90 minutes today. He's got a goal, he's got an assist, and he must come right into the reckoning with international matches on the horizon. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's next weekend, actually, isn't it? The yeah. international break. Yeah, we won't be here next Saturday, but... Um... But having, you know, having said that, going back to, going back to Hearts St Mern, St Myrna at the bottom of the league queue and, and it's a great fixture for, mm. for Austin McCann to take over at Tynecastle at home McPhee. to St Myrna uh, sorry I beg your pardon McPhee um, so they've obviously you know given St Myrna it's a, it's a, a great a fixture today. it's a great fixture Craig as long as you win it you yeah. know if you don't win it then yeah of course but, but if you're picking the fixtures prior to it it's, yeah. it's, yeah. A, it's but, the fixture that you but, pick but very interesting that um, you know he said I've won four out of five as a stand-in manager uh, and uh, it's for Anne to judge my competency So in his mind He's competent And is a worthy choice Mark is a Rangers fan On the line What's on your mind tonight Mark? Well it's just uh, With the next couple of games Coming up I think It's time for Stephen Gerrard To obviously look at the right back slot Because I've been going to a lot of the Rangers games And I keep going on about James Taffin here I think it's time to put Taffin here Further forward and put Flannick in it right back with the two Celtic games coming up because I think Neil Lennon's going to put two guys on Taffanier and they're going to just destroy Rangers with the pace. Did you think? Do you think that John Flanagan is a better right back than the James Tavernier at the moment, Mark? Well, well, he's got the pedigree. I mean, he's already played an old for him game, and he's uh, well. When Taffanier goes forward, he can't get back. So there's a there's a big space in the right back positioning. The teams, they're not good enough to break Rangers down, but you watch the teams going forward and you're like, Stafford's away up mm. the park and there's a big space at the right back and Golson's got to cut out to try and uh, substitute for Stafford uh, for no getting back. See if that is the case though, if, if there's a hole there, and I, I'm not saying there is, but if there is, sh- surely Alex, that's a structural problem rather than only being James Tavernier's fault because he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't run up the park 
Because he thinks it's a good idea He's, he's clearly told of course he To is. play that high So if, if, if there is a space behind him It's Stephen Gerrard's fault Or it's Ryan Jack's fault Or it's Conor Goldson's You know it, it's, yeah. it's 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 surely a, a cumulative I find it all really interesting Gordon Because there's no two ways about it He has had a factor of the goals For young boys And obviously the the one goal that he conceded against Hearts The last couple of games he's been relatively steady I've seen him live a couple of times He hasn't done anything wrong He's actually had an assist last week at Hearts I watched him against a very good Porto team in midweek Gordon didn't look out of place I feel as if people are already just jumping on the bandwagon. I think that back four is as settled as you're going to get. It's it has been taking a long time for him to actually get a settled back five when you consider McGregor as well. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I am. Um, I can I can understand where Mark's coming from. Um, and I I did say on uh, on Clyde a long time ago actually that I had, I had questioned him um, sort of positionally. I'd questioned his ability. I had said that Steven Gerrard had bigger problems when he first came into Rangers. I happen to think that Steven Gerrard's addressed the rest of the problems in the middle of the park, his centre-halves, the left-back, centre-forward with, with the discipline with Morelos. And I think that fairly soon, maybe in, in next summer, maybe not just now, but I think the right-back area could be something that, that he will look at. And in terms of you know the cup final coming up, if, if Tav's playing in there, he's going to have to be a lot more disciplined because if he's marauding forward the way that he does, mm. probably the way that Rangers like him to play, then the space for, for Edward to exploit in there, given that they're both playing and they're both fit, I think I think Edward would have a field day in behind him. But again, though, is, is that not is that not Rangers' collective responsibility yeah, yeah, to, to to find a way of dealing there, with that? Yeah, there's a, there's an element of that, and there's an element of naturally that he just goes all the time. So, you know, when you come up against that situation, Celtic will look to exploit that. Absolutely no question. So it's up to Goldson and it's up to, to Tavernier and Gerard to maintain their discipline and and keep positionally and keep structurally right. Mark, how do you see the game going tomorrow? I think it will also be a tight game But I think Rangers win 3-0 tomorrow Not that tight <laughs> in the end <laughs> Well Mark's beaten me to it Because if uh, if this was uh, 24 hours on And you asked me for my prediction, prediction I would have said Livingston nil, Rangers 3 I'm going to write that down and see if he changes his mind By tomorrow Because there's every chance I wouldn't remember And uh, we'll see when we come on there's Certainly far more chance of me not remembering <laughs> At 2 o'clock tomorrow uh, right, let's quickly try and squeeze in another manager We've only got time for one I'm a very understanding person I will let you choose I don't mind, a bit of democracy Ian McCall perhaps, Derek McInnes yes. Angelo I'll, Alessio I would I'll like to hear Ian McCall We've only yes, got time too. for one Okay, Ian McCall, here he is, important win today Listen, there's been a lot of lows But, you know, over eight games with one form we've lost four And if you offer me a 50% win rate for the rest of my career here I would take it right now uh, We made it hard today I think we should have been... <laughs> Two up at least in the first half. This character they showed when he went to ten was. I'm thinking it is a red card. Although Hope just said he thought it was a yellow. I've not seen it back yet. Changed the game, but then you know it was great for our fans to see that might not be pretty, but a lot of endeavour and a lot of guts to to get the win. And obviously Shea Gordon coming on like that was a bit of a, a story. He's done that up at Dens Park as well. Came on and changed the game for us. So uh, he's under contract next year. I'm delighted about that. So it's. Um, it's a great three points It was great for our fans To, to see that victory If you ask any manager To take a 50% win rate They'd say yes I can't deny it. It's been low sometimes I just can't fall What the players gave today uh, In terms of sometimes They're playing the first half And their endeavour And guts in the second half I was very very proud of them I'm proud of the supporters It was a good day So yeah I mean listen It was back to the wall at the end But we don't really think Martin had any real clear cut chances You know when they score Out to one each We think oh god And then she goes up And scores again So uh, it was a great day For the club you know, my dream is to put a team on a pitch that, that plays the tight football with the 4,000 Thistle fans who want to come and watch, and we'll get them. 
As Austin McPhee was entitled to defend his position As would-be Hearts manager Ian McCall is entitled to say I've been here for 8 games I've lost 4, won 4 50% that will do me He's entitled to use that kind of phraseology He'll need to be more positive and forward thinking as time goes by uh, We're running out of time But just something, a, a wee line I'll throw you That we can reflect on perhaps on, mon- on Monday night show When we hear from him in full uh, Jim Goodwin says today is as bad a day As I've had in my three years of being a manager So wow. it's, it's got to that stage for I don't know, three years isn't a, a long time But no. um, that's how he feels about St Mirren's heavy defeat at Tynecastle. Lost five goals, remains foot of the table Would be most people's guess to go down Or be in the playoff position um, They don't score enough goals And today, the team that up until today Had defended well Collapsed at the back What a day we had In the Premiership On that game Hearts won 5-2 At home against St Mirren It was Kilmarnock 2 Hamilton 2 Ross County 1 Aberdeen 3 And a Christian Dodge Hat-trick In front of the on-looking Harry Kuehl Who might be the new Hibs manager Made it St Johnston 1 Hibs 4 Goals galore Will we get the same tomorrow? Well you can find out If you join us At 2 o'clock We're here looking up uh, Looking forward I should say To Celtic hosting Motherwell And Rangers trip to Livingston As well Two fantastic games Make sure you you join us from 2 o'clock and in the meantime your weekend can truly get started it's the GBX next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation you deserve when there's been foul play talk to thompsons.com